This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Today on an all-new Dr. Phil. A drug as potent as LSD. But it is legal, and this school teacher actually smokes it. I think it's okay. With her own son. She lets me do it. Explain why in the name of God you would do that. Something so obviously wrong. The warning signs to look for before your teen tries it, even in your straight-A student. Stand by, Dr. Phil. Some say it's a hard life, but it's hard for us all. Today, we are going to talk about some of the risky and often illegal things your teens could be getting mixed up in. And so many of you that have teens and preteens are concerned about what's the current trend today. How could these kids be putting themselves in harm's way? So I'm going to tell you why they sometimes say yes to participating in something that is just so obviously wrong. And if you're sitting there thinking, well, look, my son or daughter wouldn't, wouldn't do stuff like that. They're not stupid. Yes, they are. <laughs> there are warning signs to look for even in your straight-A student. Now, every day in the headlines, it seems like there's another story about a dangerous trend or some inappropriate activity that teens are involved in. Daffy police are investigating students using their cell phone cameras to take nude pictures of themselves. Funeral services were held this morning for an Island Park boy. He died because of a deadly choking game. Videos are easy to find on the internet. People getting high on Salvia Divinorum. Teenagers emailing nude photos of themselves or other teens to their friends, either by cell phone or the internet. The punishment may surprise you. 17-year-old Michael Wixon was sentenced last month to 10 years probation for sending nude photos of underage girls over the internet. Possession of child pornography is possession of child pornography, whether it's a minor that's possessing it or not. It's a crime. Kids play the game by making themselves or someone else pass out. They do it for a brief high. What they don't realize is that they're playing with their lives, risking headaches, brain damage, even death. It's called salvia, and it's perfectly legal to buy, even though some say it's as dangerous as LSD. Salvia's exposure on websites like MySpace and YouTube have made a whole generation aware of it. Completely distorts your perception. I can see how people could lose their minds and do really dumb stuff. Well, what you were just looking at were some teens that are high on something called salvia divinorum. Now, here's the deal. I, I want, let me show you this. 
This is salvia, and this is salvia, and this is salvia. We decided to do this show. I mentioned to my producers that I'd like to have some to show you parents what it is. It took them less than 30 minutes to leave the studio here at Paramount and go out and buy these. This bag was $40. I think these were like 20 bucks a piece or something like that. Now, what we're talking about here is a hallucinogenic, and it is legal. It's estimated that 1.8 million Americans aged 12 or older have used this drug, which is legal in 43 states. It's like LSD, except anybody can just walk in and buy it. Now, teens aren't just smoking, snorting, or drinking this drug. They're recording themselves while getting high and then posting the videos of their trips on YouTube. So I want you to look at some of the clips that we found online. Now, the first girl is waving her arms and flailing around after she gets high. Now, this boy gets high and then just falls to the ground. Uh, this boy is being taped by another friend while he's hallucinating. And this girl just falls over on the couch. You'll, you'll see her. She's smoking this stuff. It takes just a matter of a few seconds and then bang, down on the floor. And this girl is just waving her hands while she's getting high. So what's the appeal? all of this waving and flailing, and you can barely understand anything being said. So you've you got to wonder, why would they do this? Well, it doesn't take you long to answer that. I mean, it's something different. It's something new. It's something that's kind of on the edge, and teens like to be on the edge. Now, Rebecca is a mother and high school teacher who says she's concerned about her 16-year-old son, Jerry's salvia abuse. Salvia has become such a part of Jerry's life that all he does is eat, sleep, play video games, and smoke. I am worried about how Salvia will affect his brain. Jerry has been in the ninth grade for three years. He hasn't made any progress. As a school teacher, I'm concerned about his grades, and it's frustrating me. I worry about Jerry progressing from Salvia to harder drugs like cocaine and heroin because it could lead to his death. Well, but Jerry says the reason he uses salvia is because his mother, Rebecca, allows him to get high in their home. My mom helps me get the salvia. She drives me to the smoke shop, and I give her my money. She walks in and asks the guy on the counter for the salvia, and she gives me the little container. I usually only smoke salvia at home because it's pretty intense. I sometimes think about quitting salvia, but like I said, when I'm bored, I mean, that's what I do. I'm like addicted to it. 16-year-old Jerry says he has some very dramatic salvia trips that he revealed to his mother, Rebecca. Some of them she even witnessed. I was 15 years old when I started using salvia. It's like an extracurricular activity. I just smoke salvia and play video games. The first time I smoked salvia, it only lasted about four to five minutes. It made me hallucinate. I thought my mom was changing into an African-American. I saw in my house there was like a store and people were walking around and talking to me. Other people that were around me with the color orange, every time I sat down, 
kind of felt like I was sticking to the chair. One of the times it started raining from my ceiling, like I could see the like water condensing onto the ceiling and falling right, like rain, like it was a cloud. Okay, now you get that what he's talking about is legal. So far, this story seems like a concerned mother with a son who is addicted. But here's what shocked me the most. She smokes salvia too. In fact, they've smoked the herb together. But she says she only smokes the herb occasionally and can handle it better than the son that she buys it for. I have smoked salvia a few times. My experience of salvia is it's really hard to hallucinogen. I've seen walls melting. I don't look in a mirror because things look a bit freaky. Things are extremely distorted. You're not able to control your body as much as you wish you could. Like you touch something and your hand will go through it. Like a window, you could touch the glass and it feels like your hand goes through the glass. And people's faces change and become a little bit scary sometimes. I'm not addicted to salvia and it's not something that I do on a regular basis. Explain to me, if you would, why in the name of God you would want your son to do that? Well, there's not a whole lot of information that I have found about salvia, and I believe that it's safer than LSD or other drugs. Maybe, because you don't really know, because we don't really have much data on this right now, right? Correct. Rebecca's son Jerry wonders why his salvia use is a big deal to his mother, which apparently it isn't because she's the one that lets him smoke it in the house, and she smokes it too. I believe that it is a problem because he's doing it a lot more than I am. What do you think? She lets me do it, so, I mean, like, she doesn't ever say that it's a problem a lot of the time. Well, the only problem I have is that you cannot do it in moderation. I think that, I think that if you were able to take care of your responsibilities and do it in moderation, then it's okay. Because I'm an adult and my brain is pretty much developed and he is a child and I'm wondering if, if it affects his brain in a different way than it would affect my brain or an adult Those brain. are really good questions that I would think one would ask before they gave the substance to the child. Because I say, how does it work? I don't know. What's in it? I don't know. How does it affect the, the, the developing brain? I don't know. Smoke them up, buddy. <laughs> okay, coming up, what Salvi is actually doing to Jerry's brain and why this mother and son say they don't want Salvi to be outlawed, uh, certainly in their home state of Texas. But we're going to meet a man who's doing everything in his power to make sure it is banned forever. We'll be right back. You're a teacher. I teach high school English. High school English. You are using a drug that impairs your brain to the point of lack of contact with reality, distorting to the point of actually having visual hallucinations, and you're giving it to your son. And later, you've got to put on your mommy pants and say, no. No, we're, we're just not going to do that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. 
My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The first page of a book never tells the full story. And those news alerts and headlines, like the ones we get on our phones, don't even scratch the surface of what the story is really all about. Stories are like people, multi-layered and complex. It takes some digging to find the truth, but when we find it, it can change our world. We like to dig. The news on Merritt Street, essential television. believe that salvia should be outlawed because there hasn't been a lot of evidence showing that it is a harmful drug. The last time that I used salvia was Saturday. It was either Saturday or Sunday, and it was very briefly. My memory is not as good as it used to be. It's legal right now, and I'm going to take advantage of that. I like it, so as long as it's legal, I'm going to smoke it. Well, we've been talking about the controversy surrounding salvia, a popular uh, drug, herb, whatever you want to call it. It, it, 43 states, it's legal. Uh, You can just walk in and buy it. And teens in America are smoking, snorting, taking it orally, making tea out of it just to get high. When they get high, they get stupid. I'm sorry, they just get stupid. I mean, they say stupid things, they fall over, uh, they hallucinate, they distort reality. And because it can be obtained legally, the Drug Enforcement Agency can only flag it as a drug of concern. Now, Rebecca says she's concerned that her 16-year-old son, Jerry, is caught up in this destructive teen trend after she has caught him smoking the herb and found him, in her words, just flat out high as a kite on four different occasions. She says she's worried and wants her son to stop, but here's the interesting point. She keeps buying it for him. Um, How's he doing in school? He has failed for the past three years. He's been skipping school. He doesn't have any motivation. That's one of my big concerns with Jerry, is that since I'm a teacher, education is important. And I have to actually, I have to go and sit with him in class sometimes to get him to do his work. Am I getting punked or something? (laughs) I mean, you're, you're a teacher. Correct. At what grades? I teach high school English. High school English. And you are a user of this, which is legal for you. So I'm not suggesting that you're breaking the law. You are using a drug that impairs your brain to the point of lack of contact with reality, distorting to the point of actually having visual hallucinations, which are consistent with the most extreme forms of schizophrenia. So that's how far out this is taking you in your experiences, and you're giving it to your son. And you say it's, it's taking away his motivation. It's certainly contributed to it. You say he is addicted to it. And you get in your car and you drive down and purchase it for him? Well, I don't really know how to motivate my son. And I know this is not okay. the... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but let's talk about you first. Let's motivate you. You've got to put on your mommy pants and say no. No. 
We're, we're just not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Isn't it your job to protect him? Yes, it is my job to protect him. And you say it's, it's legal. Matches are legal, but that doesn't mean you set your hair on fire. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 okay, we're going to take a break. When we come back, I have asked Dr. Travis Stort, who is the host of the new show, The Doctors, which is a, a new hit show that answers all medical questions you could ever want to have answered. He's here. I'm going to ask him from a medical perspective what he thinks about salvia and what he thinks about this young man using it. We'll be right back. Your son, his brain is still developing and you're giving him a drug that we don't know the long-term effects. We already know the short-term effects. He's failing school. And there's no such thing as moderation when you talk about your child's brain. And later... The first time I tried it, I didn't get it fully passed out. And after I did it a few more times, I got the hang of it. I've gone to the park maybe 15 times, and we usually pass out five to 10 times. We're talking today about risky and dangerous things that teens can do. Let me tell you why I'm doing this show, because you, the viewers, have asked me to do it. And here's what I want to happen. I want you to stay a step ahead of your teens. I'll bet you a lot of you have not ever heard of salvia, which is a legal substance that people can take that is a hallucinogenic, much like LSD. And if you didn't know about it, I want you to know about it. I want you to know it when you see it. It ain't oregano. It is a very, very dangerous substance in my opinion. Now, Dr. Travis Stork is an emergency room physician. He's co-host of the new hit show, the doctors that deals with all the medical questions, whereas I deal with the psychological and human functioning questions. Dr. Stork, you look, I've been watching you while I've been sitting up here, you look speechless. Your son, his brain is still developing and you're giving him a drug that we don't know the long-term effects. We already know the short-term effects. He's failing school. And there's no such thing as moderation when you talk about your child's brain. 10 years from now, his brain could be functioning at a lower level because he's using salvia. I want you to take a look at this for me. I've got a graphic for you, and Dr. Stork, you can help us through this. But what we have here are brains of a child, an adolescent, and an adult. Now, where you see blue and purple are either undeveloped or underdeveloped areas of the brain. And the reason you see that with a child age eight is because their brain isn't through growing yet. I mean, it's, it's, it's just beginning to develop. At age 16, very close to your son, Jerry, you'll notice that there is more green, which is developed, but there are still parts that are the red and purple. And then at age 24, the brain is pretty much through growing. So isn't it true, Dr. Stork, that a child with a brain in development would very likely be more vulnerable to any kind of foreign hallucinogenic than somebody with a more mature brain? Absolutely. Children's brains are so much more malleable than adults. Yeah, that's the whole point. Can I have the graphic back, please? In the middle, you see these little neurons down below the brain. These, you, you see they're not at all connected with the child. And when you get in the middle, they begin to connect a little bit. And on the adult brain, they're connected much, much more. That's because at age 16, there's very focused learning. And there's not a lot of interconnectivity between the brain where, from experience and judgment. What is the effect of salvia 
on these connections? Is he failing to connect? Is this disrupting uh, what's, what's happening for him later? We don't know. What we do know is that it's so powerful that it causes hallucinations. We invited Charles Anderson here. He is a Texas state representative, and he is pushing an anti-salvia bill because he wants the herb outlawed in Texas. Take a look. I first heard about salvia when I had a constituent come to me very distressed as to what happened to his daughter. She tried salvia, and it caused her to have tremendous psychological effects. A lot of parents have no idea as to what's going on. Three-quarters of a million youngsters have used salvia. Salvia is dangerous. There's 12 states that have banned salvia. Salvia is currently legal in Texas. We hope to ban salvia. The state has a role to protect our youngsters. Okay, thank you so much for being here. You intend to get this outlawed in Texas, true? Absolutely, Dr. Phil, and I really appreciate you taking the time and uh, dealing with this issue. Uh, as we say, there's three quarters of a million youngsters last year, and uh, this is our future. And we have to step out and we have to continually uh, educate people, educate parents, and educate youngsters. And as you mentioned before, I went across the street from my hotel just to see how obvious, how available it was out here, and was able to purchase this for about 25 bucks as a gram of uh, salvia. Here. Last night. Last night. So you just got town, went over and picked it up just like that. I mean, that's how readily available it is. Is there any pushback, Representative? Is there any pushback of people not resisting you're trying to outlaw this? Uh, yes, there is. Uh, some folks feel that we shouldn't be uh, banning any drugs, you know, I mean, but the same people say we shouldn't ban cocaine or or uh, uh, any other okay. drug of that nature. Are you thinking about it now? Yes. I mean, have I made you think about it? Yes. I, I mean, I'm asking you questions that you have no possible answer for, and you say we're more like friends. You, you said he disrespects you. Yes. He talks ugly to you, talks back to you won't do the things that you tell him or ask him to do. That doesn't sound like a very good friend to me, which works out famously because you ain't friends. Okay? I mean, this is, this is your child. This is your child, and it is your job to step up and protect him from himself, from others, from chemicals, from toxins, from anything and any threat in this world. And if you need help. I do need a lot of help. In getting a backbone and a spine and learning how to tell that young man no and jerk a knot in his tail, if he doesn't do the right thing, then I will make those resources available to you, okay? Yeah. I, I really will. How do I know if he's addicted and how do I know if he needs help? Um, well, I'm going to tell you that he is and that he does. And we're going to get some professional help to intervene in this and see if we can unravel it some. Okay? Seriously, right away. We, we, we will do this right away, okay? All right. Next, we're going to talk to a mother who fears her son will start a new trend. What she believes could be a new version of the deadly pass-out game. We'll be right back. I'm concerned about Kevin getting oxygen to his brain. When I try to warn him, he thinks I don't know what I'm talking about. Kevin has said that I should be happy that he doesn't do drugs or drink, that he just holds his breath and gets high from the G-force.
Well, today we're talking about the shocking teen behaviors that are either already epidemics or could be epidemics in the near future if parents allow. I'm doing this show because you've asked for it, and I am committed to you parents this year of trying to keep you one step ahead of your teens and preteens about what they could be getting into that's dangerous. Now, one dangerous trend that made national headlines is what's called the pass-out game. Now, it is a teen behavior so shocking, the consequences could and have been deadly. It's a game many teens also call Space Monkey or the choking game, where kids strangle each other until they black out on the floor. Now, you did hear me right. Kids strangle each other until they pass out on the floor. Now, we did a show about this topic and featured a mother, Sarah, who became aware of the deadliness of the pass-out game trend after her 13-year-old son, Gabe, hung himself in an attempt to get high. He died because of a deadly choking Initially game. ruled a suicide. Twin brother Gabriel died recently while playing the choking game. We're talking about dangerous teen trends that have turned into national epidemics. We played the game a couple times a day. When my mom first found out, she went psycho. I didn't realize how out of control it was. Sarah's son Gabe tragically died after playing this extremely risky game. 911. My husband might be dead. Okay, why do you think he's dead? My son is dead. I should have known the warning signs. That was such a hard story to tell. Uh, this trend is still a huge national issue. Uh, from the time we taped that show three years ago. Now, this time, one of my guests fears that her son may be starting a new version of this trend. Parents, be warned. We call it the pass-out game. We usually pass out five to ten times every time we're here. It worried me that he could be starting a dangerous trend like the choking game. The pass-out game sounds very dangerous to me. It's almost like a drug. Britt is a mother who's experiencing this firsthand. She wrote to me because she says she doesn't know how to stop her 16-year-old son, Kevin, from making himself pass out when he rides a roller coaster at a local theme park. Now, Kevin tells his mother that he's just a teen and it's stupid for her to think this is dangerous and no matter what she says to him, he's not gonna stop. I don't believe my mom knows much of anything about roller coasters. The first time I tried it, I didn't get it fully passed out. And after I did it a few more times, I got the hang of it. I've gone to the park maybe 15 times, and we usually pass out five to 10 times. We keep playing it just because it feels good to do it. It never really seemed overly dangerous. My mom told me that it could possibly kill brain cells. I promised her that uh, whenever I went back, I wouldn't do it again, but the next time we went back, I still played it. I just don't think that it's as big of a deal as she seems to think it is. Well, Kevin's mother, Britt, was shocked when he proudly showed her the video of one of his many roller coaster rides. She says while he's out having what he calls fun, she's home scared to death that he's going to hurt himself. I think the pass-out game is very dangerous. I'm concerned about Kevin getting oxygen to his brain. When I try to warn him, he thinks I don't know what I'm talking about. Kevin has said that I should be happy that he doesn't do drugs or drink, that he just holds his breath and gets high from the G-force. He likes to shock me. He's an obnoxious 16-year-old. He would probably play the pass-out game again tomorrow if he had the chance. 
Well, Kevin's not the only one doing this. His 16-year-old friend, Will, also tried making himself pass out on a roller coaster, but stopped after his experience wasn't at all fun. When we play the pass out game, you get this happy feeling. You get the adrenaline rush, and it's exciting. The first night I played, I played it approximately six times. After about the sixth time, I started to get nauseous and sick. I don't do the passing out game anymore because I realize that it can possibly be dangerous. Will says after he made himself pass out six times, he got a headache, he became nauseous. His mother Dawn says she just can't even wrap her brain around why her son would ever think of participating in this potentially deadly activity. I was shocked that my son Will actually figured out a way to pass out while riding on a roller coaster. When I saw the video, I mean, it really freaked me out. The body's being restrained in a position where there is no freedom of movement and the head is completely free and slung around, there is a risk of death. The risks far outweigh any thrill that you can get out of it. I made him promise to never do it again. Okay, what did you guys first think when they came home and said, we're making ourselves go unconscious? I was completely confused. I, I thought, how can you make yourself go unconscious in the first place. Coming up, what type of teens engage in dangerous behaviors? I'll reveal the answer next. So what do you think about the fact that your mom says she doesn't want you to do this anymore? I understand kind of where she's coming from, but I don't think she knows exactly what she's talking about. The reason you pass out on a roller coaster is from the pressure and g-force on your body which makes the blood leave your brain. You feel the most g-forces or gravitational pull on the first descent. Well, on the way down you get a good feeling. When you wake up it's really exhilarating. Dr. Travis Stork is with us. He's the uh, host of the new uh, medical show The Doctors and I've asked him to be here today to talk about these things. What they're basically doing is starving their brain of oxygen, right? Absolutely. And when you're going through these roller coasters, there's the G-force, the blood's pooling in their legs, and by taking a deep breath, breath, they're preventing blood from getting into their heart and actually being pumped to their brain. Can I ask a question about that? Absolutely. The way I understand it, the reason why they don't actually regain consciousness till the end of the ride is because they're not getting enough oxygen throughout the course of that ride till the G-forces go back down. Is, does that is that they remain unconscious right? right through the entire course of the ride they're unconscious so my rational judgment as a mother is that that entire time his brain was deprived of oxygen at the right level you're absolutely right that's not good that's bad that's really bad <laughs> well and the the biggest concern that i have here is as an er doctor i take care of people who pass out all the time and there are so many injuries that take place when you pass out because you can't control yourself your head is swinging in the wind there right so do you plan to just keep doing this? Uh, yes, sir. Okay, so it's, and what's happening is this four or five second high that you get is just basically that the brain is oxygen starved, so it's just an ischemia to the, to the brain, right? So you get a feeling of, of euphoria for a few seconds before you pass out. Do you not enjoy the roller coaster ride? No, I like the roller coaster ride. Well, you ride. miss that when you pass out. <laughs> Um, no, seriously, I mean, I, I'd hate to buy a ticket and then miss the ride. 
Yeah, so what do you think about the fact that your mom says she doesn't want you to do this anymore? I understand kind of where she's coming from, but I don't think she knows exactly what she's talking about. You told me that if Dr. Phil told you it was dangerous, you would stop. Yeah, it's dangerous. <laughs> I mean, really, there are so many other ways to get excited and have a good time. I mean, that's just, you need to not do this. And if, How does he get to the park? Usually me. And that's the thing. I, do you take, it's kind of hard to keep a 16-year-old off of roller coasters in general. So, I mean, should I not let him go to a theme park? Uh, if, he t if, if you tell him to do something and he doesn't do it, then uh, absolutely. He doesn't Without go to a, a theme park. He doesn't, he doesn't go to theme parks anymore then. Right. Okay. If you tell a child, do A, and they say, eh, I'm doing B, then you're going to do it in your room. Because you're not going to, I mean, you load him up in the car and take him to go do something that you told him not to do, and you know he's doing it. Right. You know, find another way to get a high. That's just, look, here's a list of the type of teens who tend to statistically to engage in dangerous trends. Number one, a teen who is ADHD. Uh, because they're constantly looking for stimulation. Number two, a teen who is depressed and fighting against the depression, so they're looking for some escape, some exhilaration. Number three, a teen who's battling for identification. It's kind of like I'll find some way to define myself with some extreme behavior. And number four, a teen who is having problems with communication. So if you've got a teen that is just really a risk taker to the point of, of being unsafe, consider if one of those four conditions might be present, and so you might need to deal with it from that standpoint. But parents, your job is to protect these kids, even if it's from themselves. All right, coming up, a mother who recently found out her 12-year-old daughter has been participating in a new trend called sexting. She sent nude pictures of herself to boys through her cell phone. You don't know what they're doing behind closed doors. Dear Dr. Phil, I'm a concerned parent with a 14-year-old daughter that does a lot of texting. She has told me of knowing friends that do sexting. She has also said that she has not done it herself. Am I invading my daughter's privacy by checking her cell phone? Hi, Dr. Phil. Tonight I was being nosy and going through my 12-year-old's email and found something very disturbing. I found her taking nude photos of herself and sending them to guys. How should I approach this? She has always been a good child. Please, Dr. Phil, help me. My teenage daughter has been sexing boys who are not her boyfriend. She claims to love her boyfriend very much and says she doesn't know why she does it. I'm at a loss for words, advice, and or punishment for her. Is my teenage daughter's behavior what is considered the norm for teens, or could it lead to something more risque in the future? Well, I'm talking about risky teen behaviors today because I want you to stay a step ahead of these kids. You just heard from three mothers who have questions about something called sexting. Now, they all asked to remain anonymous to protect their young teen's identities, which I totally agreed with. One of the moms is on the phone right now. She recently discovered her 12-year-old daughter was sending nude pictures of herself to boys. Uh, Mom, are you on the line? Yes, I'm here. Okay, and your question for me is what? Um, Dr. Phil, I wanted to know what kind of consequences should my 12-year-old daughter face for sending nude photos of herself? Okay, well, let me, let me answer it. Thank you for your question. And uh -huh. let me answer it this way. 
we seem to have forgotten who's supposed to be in charge here. Okay? Having a cell phone, having a computer, having access to those things is a privilege. It is a privilege that is earned. If it is abused, bang, it goes away. And if it is not abused and they can show that they can use it responsibly and do it, then they can do it. If she is sending pictures of herself nude to boys, one number one, once those are in cyberspace, they're there forever. They are there forever. She can go get a job. She can run for Miss America, and they can go back and pull those pictures up and stick them right there under her face, and she doesn't have the ability to predict that, so you have to protect her from it. I would take the phone away. I would take the computer away, and I would have serious conversations about why she doesn't value herself enough to do the right thing and, and tell herself no. Now, we have another mom uh, who is struggling with this issue. Elizabeth says her 17-year-old daughter, Kayla, has sent risque photos and videos via her cell phone, and then she posted the pictures on MySpace. Elizabeth says she's concerned and thinks this is child pornography. So you don't like this. Oh, no. I'm shocked and appalled by the whole thing. Clearly, they don't recognize they're demeaning themselves. They don't recognize that this is a bell you cannot unring. Once it's in cyberspace, it is in cyberspace. Now, we conducted a roundtable with 19 advanced placement psychology students from Little Rock High School in Antelope Valley, California, who talked about the new risky behavior that teens are participating in. Take a look. Have you heard of sounding? My friend actually smoked it once, and he said that he was in a car, and the windshield turned into water. Powerball posters are already fun. I mean, yeah. you really have yeah. to pass yourself out to make it that much more Ruins fun. the whole trip. What do you guys think about the sexual language through texting nowadays? Someone will keep texting them, see how far they can get them until they can get that nude picture of them. I just got some text messages about a girl who wanted to uh, mess around. It was her stepbrother texting me. That's so degrading. I don't understand why anyone would do that. Uh, now, you are Rachel Behan, right? Yes, and you are the teacher? Yes. Uh, first off, let me commend you. I think it is so great to get these kids all around uh, in a roundtable discussion and talk about these trends and get people. It, it stimulates their thinking, don't you believe? Absolutely. It was, it was quite a gift for all of us to, to get to have this opportunity. Yeah, I, I'm glad you did. Some of you are here that were in those conversations. What'd you take away from that other than that you were getting a message from somebody's brother? Uh, <laughs> but the whole point of that is you don't know, right? You don't know if it's some pedophile that's talking to you on the, you, you don't know anything about it. What's your name? Callie. Callie? I think that teenagers need to find some more self-pride in themselves and not do these risky things. I mean, go find something more productive that's gonna help you in the long run and something that's going to help you just for those five, five seconds or five minutes. You know, these cheap highs, you know, like locking yourself out or smoking. Look, there's no free lunch in life. I guarantee you, if, if there's a high you're getting that doesn't come with a price, the price is just hidden. And, and, and if it's a high that you work for, you achieve something you're proud of, then it's something that you can embrace that's healthy. But to try to look for just a free ride, a free ticket, it's not going to happen. If you want to share your thoughts on today's stories, we want you to log on to drphil.com and click on message boards and go there and let us know what you uh, think about everything that's going on. Mostly, I want you to stay a step ahead. I don't want your kids 
to be doing some of these things, and you go, wow, I didn't even know this was going on, didn't even know it existed. Uh, I want to thank all the guests today, including Texas State Representative Charles Anderson, and best of luck in getting this bill passed and getting this voted into law. Um, also, I, I hope it happens. I also want to thank Dr. Travis Stork from The Doctors, and you can find that in your local listings, and we'll put um, a link on our site so you can find The Doctors. It is a great new show. Travis, thanks so much for being here. A special thanks to Rachel Behan for her advanced placement psychology students from Little Rock High School in uh, Antelope Valley, California. Uh, we're always working on topics, so if you or someone you know is treating a small child, ages 5 to 11, like an adult, allowing the kid to get spa treatments, wear high heels, get regular manicures, dress in revealing ways. We want to hear from you because that's a topic that y'all have asked us to talk about. Are these kids growing up too fast? So if you have a situation where you think kids are growing up too fast, we want to hear from you. Thanks for being here today. So long.